0: Have your Bibles turn to Second Kings chapter three verse sixteen. If, you, if you've got an outline out there, you will get so much more out of the message. There's a lot of things, and sometimes I don't have time to read all the scriptures or whatever it is, but I try to put them in in the outline where you'll know and you can kind of put all that together. And and uh, so uh, today's message. Uh, well, first of all, let me just say this: How many of you would agree with me that life's journey? is is a journey of ups and downs. Let me see your hands. Ups and downs. You know, it's mountaintops and it's valleys. And there's times that there's good times, and there's times that we go through difficult and challenging times. And, and folks, believe me, been there, done that, got the t-shirt of, of going through challenging times, going through storms, going through things that come into life. So today's message is steps that lead us out of the valleys. The valley times of our lives, those down times of our lives. You know, well, how how do we get out of this situation? You know, and there's some good stories in the Bible, and one we're going to share with you this morning is I just love this this story in the Old Testament story, a, a, a favorite of mine, and it's found in Second Kings chapter three and verse sixteen. And if you'll turn there in your Bibles, or if you uh, uh, look there with me. As a matter of fact, I think we have it up up, up here as well. It says, And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. And verse 17, For thus saith the Lord, You shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. Now dropping down to, to verse 20 in that same text of chapter Second uh, 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 Kings chapter 3 And it came to pass Now how many of you are glad We could got, we got preach a sermon on that right there this morning How many of you are glad that when you're in difficult times It comes to pass <laughs> Thank God it comes to pass And it came to pass in the morning When the meat offering was offered That behold there came water By the way of Edom And the country was filled with water Bow your heads with me this morning Heavenly Father I thank you today I thank you, God, that you're with us. And I ask you today, Lord, to help us to understand your ways, your word, and your spirit. Help us, Lord God, to get you involved in every aspect of our lives, our journey. And Lord, sometimes we don't know what to do, but our eyes need to be upon you. Help us, God, to understand your ways. Help us, God, to walk in your word and let it just saturate our being and our mind, and especially when those troubled times that we could call upon you and know that you will find us a way out of our difficult situation that we may find ourselves in. Bless our time together this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now, the text this morning is make this valley full of ditches. And the context is understanding your spiritual gifts to overcome. You know, God has given us what we need is already at our disposal God always you know it's it's within us those needs those problems and those situations difficulties that we have God's given us the the things that we need to overcome and a lot of times our spiritual gifts need to be in operation let me give you a little bit of spiritual uh, or I should say historical background about the perspective of this story in second Kings chapter 3 we find that the northern king of Israel was in trouble and Jehoram, uh, Israel's ninth king, had ascended to the throne, but uh, Jehoram had problems, uh, and with us, and and he had problems with the southern uh, king Jehoshaphat. So there was two kingdoms of Israel at that time. It was a, you know kind of a divided at that time, and it was a northern and southern, and 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 the northern king had problems with the southern king. But then there's another Moab comes against Israel as a whole. So uh, you know we find that. Uh, Uh, In verse uh, 5, it came about when Moab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. There was war. So swallowing uh, his pride, Jehoram prevails upon Jehoshaphat. And here's what he says. Uh, The king of Judah, he says, I want you to help me fight against the Moabites. They've come against me. In other words, we're having problems, I know, but we're having an outsider that's coming in. Now, you know... Some of you that have kin, some of you that have brothers and sisters, you know, how many of you know that as, as a brother or sister, you may have your little, your little spats here and there, but if somebody else got involved, look out, come on. Well, this was kind of the way this was here, okay, so Jehoshaphat replies was quick and it was positive, here's what he says, he says, I will go up, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And in verse 8, he says this. And he was saying, I am willing to set aside all of my differences to fight against a common foe, a common enemy. We'll fight together. Now, here's a great message for the church. Folks, let me tell you something. Our fight is not with one another. We do have an enemy, but it's not with one another. Can you say "Man"? And, 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 you know, I, you know, I've said many times in one, my one liner, if I was writing a book of the Bible, which I'm not, it's already written and, you know, you don't write no more, you don't add to it or whatever. But if I had that privilege, like some of the others, it would probably start out like this. Where two or three are gathered together, there will be conflict. Because when you get people together, you have conflict. Even spouses, you know, you have conflict, but you, you over, you learn to overcome. So these allied armies begin to march against Mesha and the Moabites and while encamped in the desert, everybody say the desert. Now there's something strange about the desert. In the desert, in the morning it's too hot, in the evening it's too cold. Come on, somebody. And and there's no water there. So in the desert area along the Moabite and and the Edomite border, they were faced with a severe, everybody say severe, a severe water problem, okay? And, and, And the response of the kings were very different. And just like it is that someone that's close to the Lord and someone that's not close to the Lord, sometimes our response that when we get into problems and situations of life is many times so different. And we need to listen to that vastly different as, as it is with each of us. First, Je- uh, Je- uh, Jehoram, king of Israel said, alas, the Lord has called us these kings to give us into the hand of the Moabites. In other words, God's going to, you know, wipe us out. That's what that's his response. But in uh, the second response in verse 10 and 11, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, response was entirely different. He said, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord? Now let me just say this. Folks, here's something that we need to learn, that when we get into trouble and things come our way, the first thing we need to do is begin to seek the face of God in every way that we know how. And in that day, they had the prophets and the prophets helped them, you know, in, in the council, you know, instead of the pastors, they had the prophets of the whole and the prophets would go with them and say, so Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet here that can help us? Is there not someone that can shine light on this situation? Is there not someone to give us counsel from God? Because we want God in this situation. Folks, I'll tell you, if you get God in your situation, it's going to change. It's going to be better. Somebody say, amen. So. Notice the one king accused God, but the other sought him out. One was preparing for defeat while the other one was preparing for victory. And you know what? It's just like with those that saw Goliath coming. You know, Most of them saw him as somebody that couldn't be defeated, and David saw him as somebody you can't miss. I mean, he's so big you can't miss him. Oh, you have to just throw a rock that way. It's going to hit him. He's too big. He's going to hit him, you know. So we look at situations vastly different. One said, oh, woe is me, while the other one said, let us go and see. One had the vision of a bat. The other had the vision of an eagle. Come on, somebody. In other words, they were so vastly different. Let's see what God has to say, Elisha said. And this was a strange request. You know, here's what he said. I mean, it's so strange. He said, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the desert, in the midst of the problem, in the midst of all of these things, here's what he said. He said, do you have somebody that can play the keyboard? I need a musician out here. I need someone that can, uh, you know, uh, uh, you play the guitar. I need someone, a musician. I need some, a musician right now. And... Uh, Think about this. Why was it strange? They was in the middle of the desert. They was in the midst of the battle. They were not in church. But Elijah said, I need somebody to play that one. You know, I, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. And as he began, as they began to play, the, the Spirit of God began to stir something up within Elisha. And Elisha began to prophesy. And Elisha began to get a word for them at that time. The results, the gift in, uh, in him was stirred up. And Elisha assumed that God would be with them. God's word to them. And the word that Elisha got in this particular area in this time was, make this valley full of ditches. How many of you've ever, uh, dug around in the garden? Let me see your hands. Okay. How many's ever dug around the garden when it's really hard? That's hard work, you know. You know, think about being in a desert and you're trying to dig out in the desert. How hard it must have been. And then you ask the question, make this valley full of ditches? Why? I mean, it doesn't even make sense. You you think about this, in the natural it didn't make sense, but this is what the Word of the Lord said. Many times a thing that God will say to you may not make sense to you at the time He's saying it, but you need to listen very carefully because God knows what He's doing. And God knows the end result. God knows what's going to happen before it does. Come on somebody. So if we're in tune with what God is doing and saying... We're going to we're, we're going to get this thing right. So the combined armies went on a total route to uh, 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 to rout out Mesha and the Moabites. What can we glean from this? Number one, write this in your notes. Number one, we labor together. You see, God's ministry requires work. First Corinthians three nine says it's a wonderful truth. We are laborers together with Him. And folks, let's think about this. Everybody here, I believe today, brings something to the table. You have gifts. And as those gifts are in operation, and they begin to operate, you know, the kingdom of God is blessed. The prophet Elisha was a man of God. He did his job, and, and, and even had to get some help there from the musician that helped him to do his job. And the text indicated that he worked at it. Notice that we labor together. Everybody say we labor together. So the people had a job to do to see God's miraculous deliverance, okay? Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Now, again, it, it required something for this all to happen. Now, again, we talked about the house we built in Mexico and, and now we, we've seen it built and, and we re, were we're elated and we're rejoicing and all of that. But it first come as a vision, and, and then we had problems with provision but always God gives vision. When you have vision and you begin to cast the vision and you're believing what God could do, let me tell you something, God can provide the provision if you have the vision. Now some people have a vision in their lives about things that God has given to them and you need to hold on to it, you need to confess it, you need to believe it, you need to stand on it and, and, and watch God bring the provision in and that's exactly what happened building this house in Mexico. If you think about it, it started as a vision. We had no provision uh the six thousand dollars of material, uh the labor, uh, and then there was traveling expenses for everybody to get there, and, and there was money for food and and we had to pay for you know our food and our board and all of those things, and, and getting from here to there. You know, it costs money to do all of that. So some people are like uh Jehoram, uh, uh Jehoram, the vision is too great. And others say like Jehoshaphat, let's go and see what God has to do. Let's and, and partner with God. You know, that, that's what we need to do. So simply put, a laborer is someone who works and someone who prays. I, 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 somebody might say, well, I'm praying that God will cause our church to grow. Well, folks, that's all right, but sometimes you need to put legs on your prayers. Come on, somebody. It takes more than just prayers. And I'm not, you know, it starts with prayer, and it should start with prayer, because we want to get God involved, uh, and we want to get God's plan, and God's ways, and God's counsel, and we pray. But folks, there's times we put legs on our prayers. If you believe that, say amen. You say, I'm praying that God will save my family and friends. Well, that's great, but are you inviting them to church? Are you witnessing to them? That's putting legs on your prayers, okay? And you might just say, I'm praying that God will send a great revival. Well, that's great. Are you praying about it? Are you seeking God about it? Are you believing God for it? Now, the question that needs to be asked, are we doing our part? Are we putting legs on our prayers? Here's the Great Commission. To go into all the world. Now, notice that scripture. I put it in your notes this morning, and I think I have it up here. Let's uh, no, I didn't put that one up there. But look in your notes, uh, or look in. Uh, go to Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen and twenty, and it says, "Go you, therefore." And I underlined all those things. "Go you, therefore," and you teach all nations, and you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and you teach them to observe all things. In other words, God says, you know, you go. In other words, you do this, you do that, and you do this, and you do that, and then I'm going to bless it, you know. I'm going to come along and just bless all that. So we have to get involved. We must have participation. Two's better than one, so we're working together with others. So when Jesus sent out uh, the disciples, he sent them out in two. We need each other. There's something about the gifts that you have and the gifts that I have that will make the difference in the things that we do, if you believe that, say, Amen. Now, Paul taught this in First Corinthians twelve. One may have the, a gift of tongues, and the other needs the gift of interpretation. And why did? Why is it like that? God wants us to work together. We work together. We partner together, and that's the reason that you know that God wants it to be that way. So we need participation. You see, Paul needed Silas, and Peter needed John, and Paul needed Timothy, and Moses, Moses needed Aaron. We need each other to fulfill the work of God. If you believe that, say amen. And that's how God calls us to do that. We need each other. Why? Because God designed it that way. The church needs a pastor. The pastor needs the elders. Uh, the elders needs those that are working in within the church and the deacons and all that. We need each other to have a, a church. We need to work together. We are laborers together. Everybody say we're laborers together. Number two, write this down. We need uh, preparation. Problems that come our way. Help us prepare our hearts toward God. Now, sad to say, but if we never had a problem, we would probably drift in our relationship with God. You know, because there's problems that arise, because situations happen, because some things are greater than where we are, we get God's help in this matter, okay? And if it wasn't that way, we may drift in our relationship with God. Can I get a witness? You know, I remember I was fishing one time, good illustration, I was fishing one time and. And uh, you know, I was catching some fish in this little. I got a little honey hole there. You know, catching some fish, doing good. You know, and all of a sudden, I, I wasn't. I wasn't catching any fish, but my line started getting really tight. And I thought, what in the world? I had drifted. Everybody say drifted, and I got caught on something down there. And my line, you know, I got hung up. You know, because I was drifting down. You know, drifting downstream. You know. And that's the way we do if we do not have that relationship fresh with God on a daily basis. We can drift in our relationship with God. And that's the reason sometimes that problems, it's problems sometimes that helps us get us back in a right relationship with God. We realize we need God. Can you say amen? The king of Israel's heart was not right. He saw the situation as being doomed. The king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, Look to help in the preparation of God. See, man's problems is God's opportunity. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There's no temptation taken you but such as is common unto man. The children of Israel in the wilderness, they were there for 40 years. God was with them in the valley. Why? God was preparing them. Their whole time in the wilderness, going through these situations of life, God was preparing them for their next uh, journey for that was preparing them for the next step that was preparing. he was preparing them for what they were going to be facing down the road and that's the way it is with us if you believe that same Amen. number three write this down we need proclamation now this is important okay we need to have a good confession now I want to talk about that for a moment because it's so important in our lives You see, a lot of people are defeated in their lives for the things that they say, you you know, out of their mouths. You know, the the Bible says we're snared uh, by the words of our lips. In other words, what's coming out of our mouth? We need to understand, we need to have a good confession. So notice the king of Israel and the king of Judah, they had different confessions. Our confession should be, I can do all things through Christ. You know, we don't just, you know, we don't face, uh, you know, we don't uh, focus, I should say, on the problem, but we focus on Christ. We focus on the one that I can do all things through Christ. Now, I can't do all things, but I can do all things through Christ. Can you say amen to that? In other words, we focus on the right focus there. Whose report will you believe? Folks, let me tell you something. You're going to have to believe a report when you're in the storm or in a battle or testing or whatever. You've got to believe some reports. Whose report are you going to believe? Now, you can believe someone that could say, well, you know, that marriage will not work out. Some people say, oh, it's not going to work. Or you can believe God, all things are possible to them that believe. These finances are not going to get met. You know, you you can get into that situation or you can believe God that, hallelujah, that God's going to meet your needs. Come on, somebody. I'm giving to this situation, and as I'm giving, God's going to give back to me, and God's going to take care of me. See, we we've got a that uh, that proclamation, that confession needs to be within us for salvation. Let's confess: He was wounded for our transgressions; He was bruised for our iniquities. In other words, we need to confess that because that's what Isaiah said. You, you know, you know that that that's for us today. Calvary as we look at it you know Isaiah this you know he saw something in the future and that's what it was and he looked at that and he looked at Christ and for salvation he was confessing and he was wounded for our transgressions I don't have to be wounded you know I don't have to take that because he's going to do that for healing by his stripes I am healed In you know, other words we confess that okay uh, for your financial needs uh, you need to be saying you know instead of saying I don't know what I'm going to do you need to be saying he's Jehovah Jireh and he's going to take care of me come on somebody that needs to be your confession In your in your heart and your mind For our peace He's Jehovah Shalom He's my peace He's a peace that passeth all understanding When everybody else doesn't have peace You're going to have peace in the midst of the storm Why? Because he's Jehovah Jireh The point is this Man always has a part in the plan of God And God wants you to do your part In your confession You confess what he's already done You're in agreement with what God has already done Well, And some people are wanting to God to do things that He's already done. And God says, you know what? I've done that already. What you have to do is believe it. You know, how many of you know to have salvation, you have to believe? Let me see your hands. You have to believe it. You say, well, you know, if He wants to save me, He probably will. No, He won't. You know, He's already provided on Calvary. He's provided. And what you have to do is believe that. Believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help me out, and you shall be saved. So you have to believe that. You have to stand on that. You have to believe that. And let me tell you, everything else you have to believe. All things are possible to those, help me out, that believe. You've got to believe the report. Come on, somebody. So we must proclaim or confess to see our needs met. It starts with prayer, but then we need to start confessing our needs. And that's where faith comes in. Everybody say faith. We have faith in God. You know, sometimes... I think I'm just preaching to myself. Sometimes I need to preach to myself. Sometimes some of you need to preach to yourself. You just need to go in the mirror and look in the mirror and point at yourself and say, you're going to get your act right right now. You're going to confess your way into victory right now. Get that frown off your face. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and start praising God. Have the joy of the Lord in your heart. I'm going to do that. Come on, somebody. You say, well, pastor, they have places where people talk to themselves. We are talking to the Lord. Come on somebody. Provision works two ways. God and us. He will if we will. Say it with me on the count of three. He will He will if we will. On the count of three. One, two, three. He will if we will. He will if we will. That's your confession. You have to have a good confession. You have to have a good you know, and the Bible says that when we stand and pray. That we need to confess, you know, and believe God for those things that he's already said that we need. So what God is saying in our present text is this, I need some ditches. I need some ditch diggers, rather. I need some of these ditches, dug. I need some ditch diggers. And uh, how many ditch diggers do we have? Nehemiah 4.6. And I, I, I'm i glad uh, uh, that you brought that up about Nehemiah building the wall. And, uh, you know, we went and built a house in Mexico. But Nehemiah 4.6 says this, so we built... The wall and the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work, they had a mind to work. We're We're going to do this for God. And that's what we need to have today. We need to have a mind to work for God. Now, some of you do different things. Some of you are talented. You know, I, I, my J, my son Jacob and I, we're, we're kind of totally opposite, you know, in, in, in things that we do. And we get a lot of things done because, you know, there are certain things that he knows I'll do. And there are certain things I know he'll do. as things I know he's better at than I am. Folks, you don't want me up here playing on the keyboard. Come on, somebody. Some of you say, Pastor, Please. You'd be saying like James Brown, please, 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 and you don't want Jacob up preaching either because he'd be smiling a lot. Come on, somebody. So we work together. I mean, I I mean, he has his gifts. I have my gifts, and you know, his his gifts uh, and and and, and both of are important. Amen. If the project was going to be completed. They not only had to watch and pray, they had to work and pray. We labor together. Now, number four, write this down. We also, we labor with him. We labor with him. Come on, somebody. We labor with him. Verses 17 and 18. Not only are we labors together, we labor with him. God says, I will, if you will do your part, I will do mine. Your part is to dig the ditches. Now, I want to look at verses 17 and 18. And I don't know, do we have it up there? is that we have that up there okay yeah we do okay i want you to look at this it says for thus saith the lord you shall not see wind neither shall you see rain yet this valley shall be filled with water and this is but a light thing in the sight of the lord he will deliver the moabites into your hand now that was the word that they got it's like really no what does that look like how's god going to do that There was probably a lot of questions and there's a lot of times you have questions as to your next step in your journey. See, we're all on a journey. We're all going somewhere on a scale of one to ten. You're, you know, you're somewhere from one to ten. Your spiritual journey. You're somewhere on that. And we're all different here this morning. I understand that. And that's okay. That's okay. You just need to be moving forward in your journey. And what's God saying to you? And when you need to be hearing what God's saying to you and notice this, God entered into this covenant with his people. You dig the ditch. I'll fill the ditch. You dig the ditch I'll fill the ditch that's what God says you got so, so so before the ditch could be filled it had to be dug come on somebody and there's many things that God is saying to us today and it's found in said you know you know here's the thing when you prepare God will provide when you prepare God will provide but you know what God all through the scripture he talks to people about doing things they they say I have this need and he tells them to do something what do you have in your hand? You know, uh, you know, and, and and you know, what do you have in the house? In other words, God, and the other prophets of God, the same way, they're always saying things because here's the thing: we have to partner with God. Given it shall be, help me out. Given unto you, so it starts that you have to do something. Now, it just just by uh, you know, it just doesn't come your way automatically. You have to get involved and you have to partner with God. In Second Kings chapter four. Beginning in verse 1, another great story. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha. I'm reading this. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditors has come to take my two children to be slaves. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for you? There's always that question that the prophet would come back. They would put the ball in his court. He, or, you know, in his court. He would always put it back in their court. Then what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do in this situation? See, we got we got a partner with God. Elisha said, "Tell me what you have in your house. What do you have in your house?" And she said, uh, "Your maid says servant has nothing in the house. She has nothing in the house except some oil. I just have some oil. And, you know, cooking oil. You, you, you cook with you. I have a little oil." Then he said, go borrow borrow vessels at large for yourself from all the neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. Do not get a few. And verse 4 says, and you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into these vessels. And you shall set aside what is full. Now I'm reading again in verse 5 there. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons and they begin filling the vessels to her and and she poured in and it came about that the vessels were full and she said to her sons bring me another vessel and he said to her there is not one vessel more and the oil stopped everybody say the oil stopped i believe if she would have gathered a hundred more vessels she would have had a hundred more vessels filled up come on somebody In other words, the word had went out, and let me tell you something. God's word will go forth, and when you confess God's word, when you're believing God's word, when you're partnering with God, faith begins to happen in your life. You have to be a faith-minded person and believing God. How many of you want to walk in the supernatural? Let me see your hands. You know, let me tell you something. We are natural people. We walk in the natural. We feel in the natural. We think in the natural. So we have to step out of the natural into the spiritual realm of God. And when we do that, come on somebody, when we do that, things begin to happen that's beyond anything that we can do. And we get God involved in our lives on that spiritual level. But if we continue to operate in the in the natural, that's what the natural is going to happen. So this lady went and got all those things. And 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 you know, why did the oil start flowing? Because they didn't borrow enough vessels. They could have borrowed a hundred more, okay? I firmly believe that if we uh, would have uh, one million vessels there, they would have all been filled. Listen, when we prepare, God will uh, will provide. We prepare, he provides. So we are laboring together with him. Hallelujah. In closing, how can we apply this story to our journey? Maybe you are in a valley this morning maybe you're in a tight spot. Maybe you're going through the storm. Maybe there's a situation with your finances or your uh, situation at home. Maybe there's a problem with your marriage. Maybe there's a problem with relationships with your children. And folks, I'll tell you, we, we we need God when we're raised in a family. If you believe that, say amen. I saw a, a sticker on the back of someone driving down the road and said, pray for me. I have a teenager. Now, I, I've had four of them and Yes, I needed prayer. And I take them to driver driving tests and lessons. You know, when they all start driving, we went on prayer meetings. They pray. They they drove. I prayed. We partnered together. We partnered together with God. But folks, I'm telling you, when you get God involved, it's going to be okay. And I know some of you might be thinking, especially you are rearing you know little children you're thinking you know, what's going to be their destiny what, what's going to happen in their lives and you know we, how many of you know we, we, we come to that realization we're very limited a lot of times in what we can do and things that we can do and things that, that, that need to happen in one's life we're limited but let me tell you something he's not I said he's not he is not hallelujah I, I, I've said this before I've told my children I said find something that you love to do and have somebody to pay you to do it, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You're doing what you need. to See, some people are stuck in a job or a situation. They they just hate it. And and, and you know what? God can work that out and get you to the place where you need to be. If you believe that, say amen. And and, and, and a lot of things in life, we we just have to get God involved. And, you know, it, it may not happen overnight, but if you keep believing it and Him partnering in your life, it's going to happen. I'm going to end on this story here, and we'll close this morning. How many of you remember the story about the donkey that fell in the ditch? I've told you this before. How many of you remember that? uh, A few of you remember that. Say, Pastor, tell it to us again because we forget. You know, okay, I do too. (laughs) Oh, donkey, he fell in this huge, huge ditch. I mean, it was really deep. He he falls in the ditch, and the farmer has no way of getting him out. Looks like he might have broke the leg. The farmer said, I don't, don't know what to do. So the farmer said, "Well, that's going to be his grave." So he started getting. They went over and they started getting shovels. And they started shoveling on the donkey. Well, the donkey, he didn't. The donkey might have been dumb. But he wasn't that dumb. He knew what was happening. They're covering me up. So he got up, and every time they'd throw some dirt on him, he'd shake it off, and then he'd go like this and put it under his feet. So they put enough dirt on him that he walked out of the ditch. Come on, somebody. I give the lord a hand clap that's what we need to do we need to shake it off sometimes see there's some people they said some un uh, cruel things to you folks it happens it happens all the time it happens even church people sometimes we say things uh you know may, maybe we we're not thinking or whatever it may be but we say things that we shouldn't say we need to sometimes we need to reel things back in we shouldn't say it to begin with but we say things and it hurts people can you say amen Instead of love, uh, you know, we're coming across as we, you know, we, we, we think that, that that the people, as I said earlier, uh, the church is their enemy. No, we're not. We, we need to love one another. But sometimes, you know, this is what happened. And sometimes people will say something about you. They don't understand your situation. They don't understand what actually happened, but they'll say something. How many of you know it's kind of like a knife? It cuts right to the heart. And it's like, ah, why, why did they do that? You know, why did that happen like that? You know that, and, and folks, these kind of things happen in life. But you know what? You need to do. You need to be like the donkey. Shake it off. Get it under your feet. Dance a little bit if you have to. By faith. <laughs> you like that one, didn't you? <laughs> Folks, you're going to, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yep, But the Lord delivers us out of most of them, a few of them. Everybody say all. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Hallelujah. So, Jacob, would you come this way? So, so what happened here, make this valley full of ditches. You know, they dug the ditches and all of a sudden the water came. And it filled every ditch that they dug. Can you imagine that? I bet some of them said, "Goodness gracious! If I'd have thought about that, I'd have dug me a place to take a bath out here." I, I, you know, and and, there, and and the water filled the place where the animals had water. They had water. Everybody had water. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah.